0: Wonderful. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Go- oh, say it more sprightly than that. Come on. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Yay. I love it. God's good, eh? Uh, some of us have been down in Peterborough the last few days um, with uh, Nathan Morris and John Conrath and Steve Upple and other friends like that. And uh, we've had some, some good times in the presence of God. Um, uh, good little story to start with, I suppose. I walked into uh, um, one of the, prayer rooms at one point I was actually looking for Vicky so I walked in and there was this guy sat on this chair and and his legs were, were kind of bowed and one leg was longer than the other from arthritis and I could see that someone was holding his heels up he was sat on a chair someone was holding his heels up and they were all praying and it was about that much difference a good a good two inches difference between his two legs and and I looked and I thought oh Cool. and then I carried on looking for Vicky and went to another room and then went round the church, then walked back into this room and I looked again and his legs were the same length by the time I got back. And I, love, I love it when God just does stuff, you know what I mean? Uh, it really is great. And um, We're in a season of talking about breakthrough for prayer and uh, this is what we need, not a Christianity that works in theory, uh, although knowing the theology is important, uh, but we want one that actually works, Amen. When you're sick, you get well. When you get into debt, you've got a Jubilee God that breaks through for you and helps you. Uh, when your kids are struggling, you've got a God that helps. Amen. And it gets involved in our lives and gets involved in all the things that we're doing. So we're looking at breakthrough. Uh, the first week that we talked about breakthrough, Chris spoke brilliantly on the fact that we are responsible for the breakthrough. God has put us here as authority figures. You can go back, listen to the podcast if you weren't here four weeks ago. God has put us on the earth as authority figures. And so God expects us to invite him into our world. And you kind of go, well, why do I need to do that? Jesus taught us you pray every day our father in heaven hallowed be your name then your kingdom come your will be done in other words invite me and I'll come into your world we're supposed to be inviting God into our situations don't think you're helpless helplessness will not help you realize you're responsible now, I know helplessness kind of gets us off the hook and then everything that goes wrong, we go, it's God's fault. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us, be responsible. Bring the kingdom of God into your world. Amen. Jesus didn't come preaching, uh, you know, repent and I'll forgive your sins and take you to heaven. He didn't say that. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, there's a kingdom coming. And if you invite my kingdom, stuff's going to happen. Amen. Yeah. Everybody says stuff. Turn to the person next to you and say, stuff. Tell them, I want stuff. Stuff. I studied the word stuff in the Greek and the Hebrew. No, I'm only joking. But we want, we want yeah. you know, it's got to work, guys, right? And we're responsible, uh, number one, uh, to draw God into our world. That's what it's all about. We're supposed to be a conductor of the kingdom of heaven, not an insulator. Question, are you insulating God from your finance by being the blockage? by not living according to his means. Are you insulating God from your healing? He says, stand in faith. And he doesn't say it has to be lots. You don't need a mountain of faith. You need a seed of faith to move a mountain, but you don't need a mountain of faith. It's just what you've got, put it in the right place. The little bit that you've got, I've only got a little bit, put it in the right place. Focus on God. Control the stinking thinking in your mind. Trust God. Whenever your thoughts are going awry, say again to yourself, I am going to trust God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, your, your, your mind is like a computer. Your mouth is like a keyboard. Input into your mind with your mouth. Understand how to use your mouth. If you go into the prayer room and pray, oh, Jesus, would you heal Aunt auntie bucket mouth? Would you just... Healer in Jesus' name. Then you walk outside and you go, you know what? I think Auntie Bucket Mads had it. She's going. You know what? God didn't say that one was prayer and one wasn't. He's just listening to it all. We've got to learn to stand in faith. He doesn't just listen to us when we close our eyes, clasp our hands, kneel and say, Jesus. He's listening to every word. So we've got to learn to mature in our Mads and control all that. All that stuff, right? So um, uh, th- then the next session I came on and I spoke ultimately about the atmospheres, the spiritual realm, and that ultimately we need to learn, one of the ways that we need to learn to occupy what's happening in the spiritual realm around about us is to praise. And how Leah said after all of her misery, finally she had a kid, she called it Judah, which means praise. Because she said, after being miserable and unloved, I'm giving up on the pity parties because they haven't seemed to work. So she said, this time I'm going to praise God. And so, guys, we need to learn when things come around and we go around the mountain again and you go, here I am looking at sickness again, depression again, debt again, troubled kids again. We've got to start to go, right, I'm growing up this time. This time I'm going to praise him. And the promise was God will turn your pain into plunder if you put praise there. And again and again through the Bible, we saw that. God gives you plunder for your praise if you praise in the place of pain. Then last week, we looked at the whole area of authority. We're never gonna break through what's happening when somebody is praying for someone and their legs are growing. That's called not theoretical Christianity. It's what Jesus came with and they all were marveled at because finally someone walked in and had authority. In other words, they didn't just theorize, they did the stuff. And that's what authority does. It means when I pray, things happen. Not because it's about me, but because I'm learning to align my life with personal holiness and understanding in faith, how to line up with God and actually see that kingdom come into my world. And that's what our prayer lives are supposed to be. Your prayers are meant to be answered. They're not wishes, they are prayers. If we line up with God's will, they are demands from the kingdom of heaven into our world. I've told you before, there's many people in various ways, and I'm not saying this is good theology, but use it as a parable for a moment, okay? But people that have been to heaven in some way, Lots of them say, I went into this huge room and there were body parts. And it wasn't gruesome. They were, it wasn't bloody or anything like that. It was just, there were body parts. And some of them went in there. They say with angels, others say with Jesus. And you know they often go, well, what are these? And the person, the, the being that takes them in there often says, well, these should, this, this room should be empty. But people aren't believing me for this. There are new eyes and new hearts and new arms and new legs. Probably wasn't any heads. I, don't, I, don't, can you? <laughs> I haven't got belief for a new head yet. I suppose it could happen. There's probably a testimony somewhere. Are you drawing heaven into your world? Jesus didn't die just to send you to heaven at the end of it all. You need to reread the Bible. He died to bring heaven into your family yes. Amen. now. That's yes. Yes. Now. That's what breakthrough is. Heaven yes. in your family now. Amen? Amen. And so we're going to carry on looking at that and what I said about authority is listen a lot of it is in the mind the battle is in the mind isn't it anybody right yeah. oh boy we're all fighting that one forget people forget the devil it's myself that I have trouble with right and we need to we need to learn to take control of our minds and I, w- I would say this to to probably 90 percent of the people I meet there's a 10 percent that I go go the other way but to 90 percent of the people I meet I would say develop a propensity for confidence Confidence is a godly attribute. It's all over the Bible. If you're saved, you're supposed to be confident. Not loud. Doesn't mean that you lose that natural, nice side of introversion. Some are quiet and creative, and that's lovely. God will do immense things through quiet people who mull and ponder and see heaven in a different way. So it's not that you become loud, but you should be dignified and fearless in your quietness. There's nothing wrong with that. Lose all fear. Uh, and let's develop a, let's teach our minds, right? I'm going to play with the concept of a confident John, a confident Helen, a confident Chris, a confident Matthew. We're going to develop what it is to, what does the confident me look like? Because we've all got good day me and bad day me. That's right. uh, come on, learn to be good day you. Because let me tell you, when you walk into your office as good day you, the whole office cheers inside. Come on, tell me about it. When a church turns up on a Sunday morning and we're all good day hours, let me tell you, the presence of God is electric in that room because we're walking in faith, in confidence, trusting our God, even in hard times, smiling, not because we're happy, but because we're trusting, because we're gonna be strong in all that we're going through. And when we develop that, and it takes time, doesn't it? But when we develop that, oh boy, we've got mighty people. It doesn't mean that you don't feel fear. It's just, you're not gonna to respond to that feeling. You're gonna go in faith anyway. We've gotta to learn to be a bit... bit um, Bit, bit strong with our minds because our mind is a great servant but a terrible master That's right. yes. and we, so we got to get out of believing everything we think and get into a place of I wonder what confident me looks like enjoy being you look around the room there isn't another one of you here you are spectacular <laughs> right just be you everyone else is taken just be you just be you so, oh, have I got, oh, here we go, breakthrough. We're talking about breakthrough. So I want to carry on my theme, really, talking about breakthrough uh, this morning a little bit and just share some stuff with you. Then we're going to uh, open up the front and we're just going to pray and seek God together for a little while. Is that okay? And um, we'll see, see where we go with that. Um, I want to talk uh, about the voice of God this morning. If I could have my, my first slide. And I want to use the story of, of Samuel. And um, it's a lovely story. I really, really love this. And let me read it to you. Off the screen. I'm going to pick out a couple of verses from it. Um, the boy Samuel, it's 1 Samuel 3 1 to uh, about 10, I think it is. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Now, Samuel, um, his mum was barren. She went to the temple praying. I mean, she was so distraught that, that the high priest thought she was drunk. She said, I'm not drunk, I want a child. And so uh, the child was granted, it was sound, but she promised to give that child to the service of the Lord. So now he finds himself as a young boy in and around the things of of the temple and the house of God. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord then under Eli. Uh, In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he couldn't barely see, he was getting old, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Wow. Everybody say wow. Wow. Say it backwards. Wow. I mean, that's just, that's cool, isn't it? Wow. I want to sleep there. Even a better bed than a premier inn. That's how good it is, right? The lamp of God had not yet gone out. Sam was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he, he ran to Eli, thinking it was him, and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I, I didn't call you. Go back. Lie down. So he went and lay down. again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. And... My son Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. Look at this amazing verse. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times. Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And God spoke to him. And it was a difficult word. He shared it. And the Bible goes on to say that God continued to reveal himself to Samuel through his word. And he became a prophet acquainted with the voice of God. Everybody say the voice. He became acquainted with the voice. At first, he didn't recognize God, but he became acquainted with the voice of God. And as you go through, even later in that chapter, it actually says, listen to this. Imagine this being a testimony. Because he got to know God's voice, it says by the end of the chapter, through, through, through Samuel's life, it says, God never let any of Samuel's words fall to the ground. Wow. When you know the voice, you become the voice. Who, who wants their voice to line up with God? If at Babel, God said, man, this is too powerful. Everybody's talking the same language. I'm going to have to confuse their language to weaken them. And so that's what God did. They were building the Tower of Babel. He gave them many languages and it weakened the whole thing. Imagine what it'd be like if our voices lined up with God's voice. Yabba dabba doo. Just, I'm speaking like God. I'm agreeing with God. God's got a Yorkshire accent. We're all right. right? I'm, I'm speaking like God. And with God. And that's where he got to. And the voice of God transformed his life. A few little thoughts about some of these verses. And then I'll go into kind of applying it to our lives. At the top there, verse 1. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. It was was uncommon. In the root of the word, it means it was withdrawn. Everybody say withdrawn. Withdrawn. Say uncommon. Uncommon. Now say, I do not want want to be that guy. Or girl, if you're a girl. Listen, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know some people preach, oh, God hardly ever speaks. He might speak, you know, expect to hear him twice in a lifetime. Uh, Rubbish. (laughs) Right. One of the Greek words for the word of God, literally the utterance of God is rhema. And rhema at its root literally means to pour forth. Listen, God is pouring forth speech to us all the time. He's pouring out on you. But I want to ask you this morning, because this is key to breakthrough, we'll learn. So is the word of God common to you or uncommon? Is it near you or is it withdrawn? How much are you hearing? Because your breakthrough is, I'm talking about postures for breakthrough. Your breakthrough is dependent on your hearing the voice of God. It's dependent on your faith. It's dependent on your mind. It's dependent on taking responsibility. And here's another thing. We've got to start to hear his voice because when we hear his voice, we start to get breakthrough. When we hear his voice, God's saying, right, now you're hearing me and repeating me. I'm not going to let your words fall to the ground. I'm giving you authority because you're beginning to hear me. Don't let the voice of God be un." common oh I heard God once five years ago no 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 it's got to be I heard God this morning I heard God last night I heard God last week where's your relationship at you can backslide from the voice of God how common is the voice of God to you because he says I'll be right by you just behind you saying this is the way walk in it this is the way Walking in it, his voice is supposed to be so close. And we're gonna see why and how in the next 20 minutes. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. We do not wanna be that church. We do not wanna be those people. We don't want that to be our household. We wanna go, the word of God is everywhere. All yeah. right over the place, right? The word of God is everywhere. It says there were not many visions. It some translations say open visions. The, the word literally means not many visions. In, again, in the root of it, it it's saying this, there was no bursting forth of divine communication wow. no breakthrough of divine communication no break out of divine communication inferring this a breaking out a bursting forth of divine communication into our lives is supposed to be normal it's a thing of curse to not hear him when the bible says god stopped speaking there's a, there's a stage there uh, between the Old and the New Testament, 400 years, God never spoke. And you know what? It's not good. <laughs> you don't want to be that church. That's right. Go find another one. You don't want to be that person. Get on your face and say, oh God, I've got to start hearing. Whether it's to do with uh, uh, you know, training and understanding or whether it's to do with I'm far from God. Either way, we've got to be a people that go, I, I heard God. He spoke to me. Why? Because so many of the things we long for come from the voice of God. There's supposed to be a breaking forth, a bursting out of God's communication to you. And then verse seven, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, the word of the Lord. When it says the word of the Lord, the word for word there, because there's there's all different variations. It literally means the utterance of the Lord had not yet been revealed. He wasn't saying he didn't know his Bible or in his case, his Pentateuch well enough. It's saying he had not started to recognize the utterances of heaven. Listen, he didn't know God. He never heard God utter. You know God by hearing his voice. Samuel was sleeping in the temple. He was around the priest. He was around the principles and the patterns and the methods of ministry, but he didn't know God. In other words, in our language, he went to church. He sang the songs. He was in a connect group, reviving, whatever it's called. He was, you know, he, was, he, was, he was in all the different things of church, but he didn't know God. And how could you tell? Because he didn't recognize the utterance of heaven. He had no personal understanding of God speaking in his heart. So God said, he doesn't know me. You want to test your relationship with God? It's how well you hear. God broke through. Samuel, Chris, Vicky, Darren, Nigel. God said, I want to speak to you. I mean, all the stuff's good. The ark's good. Sleeping in the temple's good. Priests, good. Oil, good. Worship, good. Hands raised, good. But can you hear me? I'm calling you. And this is what we do when we don't know God. We hear the voice of God and then go, Chris, Chris, did you call me? Uh, church, church, did you call me? Bible, Bible, did you call me? Stuff of Christian songs, did you call me? Patterns and principles and methods, all the methods, did the methods call me? So There's something in all of this. I, I'm, I've got a longing for God and so I'm around all this stuff, but I don't quite know where to look because something's stirring in my heart and I can't interpret it. It's deep calling to deep, but I don't know what to do with it. And God's saying, it's none of those things. It's me. Find time alone with me. Get to know my voice. Church isn't calling you. God's calling you. Thank you, both of you. God's calling you. God's calling you. I I don't know if it's the next slide. What's the next slide, Sam? Everybody give Sam a clap. We like Sam. We love Sam. Listen to this verse. This is Genesis 3.8 in the King James. Adam and Eve heard the voice of the Lord God walking. They heard the voice walking. John in Revelation, it says, I turned around to see the voice that was talking to me. What are you walking with? Are you walking with a voice? Or are you walking with songs and Bible plans and prayer schedules and methods and patterns? All of those really good. But they're just stuff in your pocket. Okay, you put it in your pocket and you use it. But they're all supposed to help you walk with the voice they heard the voice of God walking how can God not talk a lot when he's actually called the voice (laughs) right and so many things that we long for are wrapped up in the voice when Samuel started to hear God's voice everything changed and it'll be the same for you and uh, the same for me as well. And just listen to these as I, I'll just, let me break this down to what this means then a little, a little bit. You know, we long for breakthrough. We're, we're after breakthrough of building a building here on Kingswood. Lots going on right now. And uh, literally within weeks, we'll be sharing with you our architects, pictures and plans. And we're going to planning uh, uh, this summer, this autumn. And so there'll be lots of stuff to share with you. But we are praying for a spiritual breakthrough in building. Listen, um, We come to church, we pray, we pray our prayers, we feel the presence of God, we sing our songs. But I want to ask you, in all of this stuff of life, where is the breakthrough? I want to tell you, the breakthrough is in the voice. When you hear him and he leads you, you break through. It's not in the theories. It's not, I heard someone else threw Ribena and oil around, so let's try that. You know what I mean? I remember going to a prayer meeting once. It was a big prayer meeting and um, I walked into this big open space and there was two guys on roller skates with big swords in their hands, you know, skating through this place with their swords doing this. And I'm like, I said to someone, what on earth are they doing? And They're praying and I'm like, they're not, they're being daft. You know, I mean, sometimes we make culture, there was a little, little bit of a craze at one time for having a walking stick in your hand while you prayed, you know what I mean? And I met some of these people, they were like, I was like, put your walking stick down and pray. And like, oh, I can't pray without my walking stick. I'm like, that's method, it's stuff. The only thing you can't live without is the voice. Yeah. What God said, because God only said once, lift your stick over the sea and it'll part. He only said once, go wash in the Jordan, your leprosy will go. The the breakthrough is in the voice of God. If you you go into the word mouth in the Bible, it's literally translated in its root, root, sword. Mouth equals sword. In other words, when you hear the mouth, God weaponizes you. He puts his sword in you when you have the mouth of God in your heart. Come on, people. There's breakthrough in the voice. We've got to start to hear the whispers of heaven and stuff begins to break out because we're walking with the voice. There's miracles in the voice. Uh, I think, I'm sure I'm right. Lynn, when you got healed the other week, didn't Angie say something like she felt God say, pick your stick up over above your head, right? Little bit like Moses and the Red Sea. There, There was something in the voice. How do we bring heaven to earth? God whispers, we do. He breaks out. Now Lynn's healed. Lydia Marrow was sharing with me uh, just yesterday, because I was sharing about some of the stuff that God's done in my life that have been a little bit unusual and a bit fun. And she said she was once in this this prayer line, and a deaf person came, and she was about to pray, and God just whispered, I want you to lick your finger and stick it in the ear. I said to her, well, thank God God didn't say the other way around. Stick your finger in your ear, then lick it. You know, that would have been... So she's like, oh, and she's wondering, can the various pastors see me? Because she thinks this is a little bit crazy. And then she kind of, the woman was deaf, so I don't know how she explained, but she kind of, I'm going to stick my fingers in here. Stuck a finger in her ears. And then the woman went off and she was like, well, that was, that was daft. That was daft. Anyway, the next night, the first ter- testimony up was, Lydia Marrow stuck her fingers in my ears. And I can hear now. See, the Listen. Listen, your breakthrough is not in praying longer. That's right. It's in being sharper. Yes. Yeah. It's not, I prayed eight hours instead of four, so I'm going to get my breakthrough. It's I've listened, got yes. the instruction, and that's what the commands of heaven give his army the breakthrough. The strategy yes. of heaven gives you the breakthrough. It's all in the voice. Breakout. Miracles are in the voice, one of our ladies had arthritis once, terrible arthritis on her, on her joints. And God said to well, her one day, after lots of prayer, put lemon juice on it. Now, listen, lemon juice doesn't heal your arthritic joints. Try it all you want. People will be going home tonight, no doubt, putting ketchup on their joints and everything. I know. But she thought, well, what have I got to lose? So she put, she got the pancake stuff, you know, the jiff, is it, you know, stuck it on her joints, went to bed, got up. Healed. I mean, let, let's apply all this spiritual stuff. So how, what actually happens? I hear a whisper or a trumpet or I feel a nudge. I, you know, some, some, sometimes God speaks loud, sometimes really quiet. So, sometimes so quiet, I just feel something should happen. I was in Chesterfield on Tuesday night praying for various people. One of the things I said, there was a man with uh, his, 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 his neck and back of his head and all down here was in pain. I said, who are you come out? And this guy came out all, all in pain down here. And so that bit was right. He stood there and I just felt the nudge. Put your hand on his neck and then lift your hand away and tell it to be gone in Jesus' name. So I just, I just felt that, so I did it. And he was instantly healed. Then there was two deaf people there. I said, anybody deaf, come out here. They came out and I just felt in my heart, stick your fingers in the ears and just say, open in Jesus' name. And two deaf ears opened. Four deaf ears opened on Saturday, I think it was, or Friday. When you just listen and do this breakthrough. The breakthrough is in the voice. Revival is in the voice. In Argentina, they were meeting to pray and God said to one of them, just slap the table in the middle of the room and I'll break out. And she fought it for 10 days. Everyone else slapped the table. She refused to. But the moment that woman slapped the table, the presence of God flooded that church. By that Sunday, it was full. Within months, they were planting churches all over South America because someone heard Slap a table. Listen, slapping you. Now we can have it. We can ta- start the the Church of the Slapping Tables, couldn't we? And you make a religion of what God said to do once. No, no, no. What is God saying to you about your situation? God has said to Vicky and I many times. Just give this little bit of money. Do this. And there's life in the voice. When you start to hear the voice, summit breaks out. There's destiny in the voice. Genesis 1 verse 2 says, The earth was formless and void. It was empty. It was darkness. It was unformed. And your life is unformed until you hear the voice. How are you going to find destiny until he whispers in your ear? This is what I've called you to be. Because something happens. It was unformed in Genesis 1 until God spoke. And then the world came into being. But more than that, he spoke each day. And at the beginning, he made something out of nothing. But then as time went on and he had the earth there, he said to the earth, bring forth vegetation. And the earth began to turn into vegetation and grow. He said to the earth, bring forth creatures. And to the sea, bring forth creatures. And suddenly things began to form. Can you imagine watching the world at this moment as hippopotamuses rise out the ground? Because God says, you bring forth an elephant. You've got no choice. Listen, when you hear him and he says, give me an evangelist, give me a prophet, give me an apostle, give me a business leader, give me a political leader, and I'll speak into your life and I will create something out of nothing. Listen, in the root of the word voice, it means this, to bring into being. You want to come into your destiny? Just hear the whispers and he will bring you into being. You've got to do more than read the Bible. The Bible's got to leap off the page into your heart and go, that's your word for now. Faith comes from hearing the voice. I was talking to a friend uh, just yesterday who died several times last year. And uh, he was in hospital for a fairly routine uh, heart operation. And uh, just as he was lying in the hospital bed uh, waiting for the operation, he got the Gideon's Bible out of the the bedside table next to his bed in hospital, and he read Psalm 41. And there's a verse that says, I will raise you off your sick bed. And he says, as I read that verse, it was like it hit me. I will raise you off your sick bed. And at first he thought, well, I'm not that sick. It's a fairly routine op. But God spoke into his heart. And he's like, well, well, okay. And he heard it. Something leapt inside of him. We're spiritual beings. Get used to this. There's something in the voice. Anyway, so he goes in for his op. It all starts going wrong. He's bleeding profusely. It's, it's all uh, a bit of a mess. He, uh, something must have gone in between this. But anyway, he gets moved to another hospital. He's in a theater again. And listen, he says, I was lying there conscious. It was the last moment that I was conscious. And I was lying there conscious. And it came to me again, but really slowly. I will raise you from your sick bed. And he says, and I heard that. And then I went. And he said, I didn't know, but next time I woke up, I was looking at my son who actually lived in America. So I knew something had gone on. I'd been away for a long time. He'd been out for a long time. He died for something like 15 minutes, then six minutes, then a few more minutes later on. Listen, he's alive and well. He says, there's not a thing I can't do. He he looks better than he's looked in years. When I was talking to him yesterday, I was like, wow. He says, there's nothing I can't do. He said, I was up on my house cutting trees down the other day. I'm like, I don't do that, (laughs) which he kind of liked. He's older than me. Listen to this, though. The consultant, after he survived and came back, the consultant came down into his room. Within 24 hours of dying, he was sat up eating breakfast in his room. The consultant walked in and he stood at the end of the bed and he said, amazing. And this is what he said. Can I ask you something? Because what you've been through isn't that that usual. Listen, and I tested him on this. I said, well, those are the exact words. He said, this is exactly what the consultant said. The consultant said this. What came into my theater when you died? Because normally there's all sorts of, you know, shaking and stuff going on in that moment of, of dying. And it's normally, it's panic filled and everybody's running around and they're trying to bring you back and all this kind of stuff. But it was like, as you went, an incredible piece that every one of my staff felt, we talked about it since Everyone of my staff felt at peace. Just come and fill that theater. And it was the most peaceful time. We we, we were like, what was it? And he said, Peter said, that would be the presence of God. When God speaks, I will raise you up from your sick bed. It's like he speaks to earth and it has to form into what he says. There's no way that man could die when God had spoken into his heart. Everything we long for is in the voice. It's in the voice. It's not in the pattern or the method, and the methods are all good, but the methods are all to lead us to the voice. And the day they stop leading us to the voice, we need to question how we do. Right? I go through my prayer life and then I'm going, This is dead. I'm not hearing the voice in this. I'm doing the singing. I'm praying in tongues. I'm Somehow I'm missing the relationship in it all because I must hear the voice. Why? Because the miracles, the breakthrough, the revival, the faith, the breakout, everything my heart longs for is in the voice. The destiny is in the voice. Amen. You're hearing me. So how do we find the voice? And here we're drawing to a, would you come Phil and just play something that makes us feel really spiritual? Everybody welcome Phil. Um, how do we find the voice of God? Well, here, what's the next slide, Sam? Pop it up for us. Listen to this verse. I love this verse. It's one of my life verses. In all their distress, in all the children of Israel's distress, God too was distressed. And it says, and the angel of his presence saved them. It's not saying there that God's presence is an angelic being with wings, you know, an individual person like that. The word literally at its root means messenger. It says, the messenger of his presence saved them. I want you to understand that the presence of God is a postman i say it again, the presence of God is a postman. He comes to deliver messages, commands, wisdom, instruction, counsel, strategy, insights from heaven. When he pours out, it's not to make us feel approved even though we do. It's not to make us feel nice even though we love the presence. In that presence, there is instruction from heaven and we need to go, well, I'm feeling you, Lord, this is lovely, I love your presence. What are you are saying? Where's the voice? Where do we find the voice of God? In the presence of God. David said in the psalm, it was all um, uh, uh, difficult for me until I entered the sanctuary. Then I understood. There's something about entering the sanctuary of God that we begin to understand and we begin to see. What's the next slide? Sam, thank you. No wonder in Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit of God poured out, Peter stands up. And he says, this is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel. And he quotes this. He says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Look at the result. Prophecy, visions, dreams. God pours out his spirit. What's the result? Information, voice. No wonder in the book of Acts, it says again and again, the spirit was poured out. And then it says, and the word spread. The Spirit poured out and the Word spread. The Spirit poured out and the Word spread. Why? Because the Spirit is God's postman. He brings information from heaven. Your destiny is in the presence of God, is in the outpouring of the Spirit. That word rhema, to pour forth from heaven. Who needs to hear from God this morning? Who needs a voice from God this morning in their prayer lives? Who needs a voice from God in your finances, in your destiny? Who needs to stand up and see the panoramic vision of the future? Maybe you're down in the valley and all you can see Is today's problems. And God would say, like in Habakkuk, come, put yourself on the ramparts and see what the Lord will say. When we perceive what he says, something changes in our lives. There is faith in the voice. There's miracles in the voice. There's revival personal in the voice. If you're down, if you're dull, if you're desperate, if you're in shame, I want to tell you right now, all you've got to do is hear him whisper, I love you. And you go, he doesn't even have to say very much, but it solves everything. We're in a mess and he just goes, I'm with you. There's life in the voice. Man cannot live by bread alone. Even if it's got a curry with it, you can't live by bread alone. But by every voice that pours from the mouth of God by every word that pours from the mouth of God. It's how we live, how we live. What we're gonna do for these last 15, 20 minutes, we're just gonna open the front, but you don't have to come to the front, I don't mind. But I'm believing God for an outpouring of his presence as we worship. But understand this, we're not coming to meet a goosebump, a feeling. I'm praying that as he pours out, he'll speak. There'll be dreams and visions tonight. There'll be a sense of God speaking into your prayer life so that it's more than just method or pattern, but it's alive with God.